Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of With Joy, a self-improvement podcast with amazing people across the world sharing their paths to success. Today I'm talking to Samantha Dench from Illinois. She's a licensed esthetician, owner of Skin Deep, author and speaker with ample of experiences within the cosmetic industry. Let's go on in and have a chat with her. Hey Samantha, thank you so much for being on With Joy. It's so great having you today. Thanks, Joy. It's really exciting to be here. All right, perfect. So, Samantha, I know that you currently are someone who is very into holistic lifestyle as well as skincare, and you know, you have a background of being an esthetician. So, for you, how was the start of your career? Were you always interested in being an esthetician? No, I actually I tried the college thing for a few years and realized that. I was in college and I'm like, I hated being there. And I'm like, I knew right. that I knew that there was more to life, but I, I struggled for several years. I was 23 when I finally went to esthetician school. Mm. And it was only because my mom was like, you love doing makeup. And at the time I was young, so I was going out every night. Right. And I'd ma- always match my makeup to my outfits. And, you know, like I spent a lot of time on my makeup. And my mom's like, well, why don't you go to esthetician school? She's like, learn about the skin, learn about products, and then you could become a makeup artist. Realized I hate putting makeup on people because <laughs> the, you know, it's like, and be, doing makeup is very hard because what you like, other people don't. So, you know, and, and when they're in a formal situation, you make them look different and not everybody likes that look. So I had a hard time. I, I was like, I'm not making people happy. Mm-hmm. So I, I ended up falling in love with the skincare aspect of it and tried the medical industry. So at the time when I finished school in 2003, microdermabrasion was like the thing. Everybody mm-hmm. was doing microdermabrasions. Medical yeah. spas had just opened up. And so I'm like, this is where it's going to be. This is like the future. <laughs> and again, realized that's not where I wanted to be. I was fresh out of school. And so I really wasn't experienced to know, like, if somebody's putting a retinol on their face, you don't put a chemical peel and then microderm them. So I was like burning people, hurting people again. And people were like frustrated with me. And I'm like, I don't, I'm I'm not making people happy. So it wasn't making me happy. (laughs) So I did that for a couple of years and then went to a day spa. And that's where I'm so grateful. The owner that I worked for, it was a very small spa. She took me under her wing. She taught me everything she needed to know. And the one thing she taught me, I remember this teenager was in for acne and we couldn't get his skin clear. And I remember her saying to me, this kid has too much yeast in his system. His skin's never going to clear until he gets rid of the yeast. And I remember looking at her thinking, what does yeast have anything to do with acne? Yeah. And so fast forward to, I started my treatment room in 2010. But around 2013, I had had my third baby and I was running and eating well and exercising and trying to lose the rest of the baby weight. And I couldn't. A friend of mine who was a nutrition expert, she's like, why don't you try a two-week cleanse? She's like, get your gut cleaned out. She's like, you'll definitely drop the baby weight. And I did. But within two weeks, I cleared up my own skin. So I hadn't developed acne till 2007. And then when I was pregnant, my skin was clear. So I just assumed, oh, it's hormonal. Eventually my hormones are going to regulate and then my skin will clear up. But I didn't realize it was from the foods I was eating. There was something I was eating, which was dairy and sugar. It was triggering an inflammatory response in my body. And that's what was causing the acne. So since then, I've always been like, 
okay, I can treat this acne to a point, but if somebody's diet is bad or if they're eating an inflammatory food or even a food that their body's sensitive to, their skin is never going to clear up. And the same goes with like rosacea, eczema, psoriasis, any of those inflammatory issues. So um, that's kind of my little journey of how I got got started and where I am today. Yeah, that's amazing. I yeah. mean, you know, to have so many transitions yet still be in the same field, I yeah. think it's really great to take that time to readjust yourself and point your career to something you actually enjoy doing. Yeah, yeah for sure. So when you were in esthetician school or when you were thinking and considering transitioning between different of uh, different points of your life within your career, did any challenges present themselves to you or did you ever have any second thoughts about what you were doing? Yeah. And I, I think that's why I always shifted gears because for me, I'm the kind of person, if something doesn't feel right, I just can't keep doing it. I know a lot of people work in corporate jobs and I always sit back and I'm like, how can they work these jobs for so many years? <laughs> like if I'm miserable, I have to change. And when I was, you know, when I was learning about makeup and trying to do makeup on people, I'm like, I just don't like this. I need to figure out what, what works for me. But then I ended up falling in love with the science of the skin. So I'm like, okay. So then again, with the medical spa industry, it was all new and it was exciting. And that was like a big deal. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to go this way because this is different. Um, but again, it wasn't in a, it didn't align with who I am. And I think because, you know, I was meant to learn how to be a more holistic esthetician. Right. So being in the medical field, obviously it just didn't align with who I am. And so, you know, again, I felt that like pull, like I don't belong here. I need to shift. And so I always, I always have been one to look for, like, I, all right, if something's not right, I'm going to shift. What can I find that's going to get me to where I want to be? Right. Absolutely. And, you know, that change of perspective can sometimes just bring you to the destination you've always been looking for. So yeah. really, cheers to you on that. Thanks. Yeah. So, you know, were there any major turning points or experiences throughout your journey that really made you open your eyes to, you know, what potential you had and what you could go towards? Definitely when I did that two-week cleanse, um, because again, like I always thought, I never really believed that acne could be from the gut. You know, I always believed hormones could trigger it because that's what we're told. You know, when we get our period, we always get those nasty zits and then they say, oh, well, you're eating chocolate, so that's going to cause it, but that's because your hormones are making you crave the chocolate. So, um, you know, until I actually experienced it for myself, I was like, wow, I can clear up my skin. And then there was times like when I was going through my divorce, I didn't eat very well. I was eating a lot of junk food, a lot of dairy, sugar, and my skin was showing up. Like I could, I look back now at my skin during that time and I'm like, I look younger now than I did during that time, but I was eating so poorly. So it's like, sometimes I feel like in order to help others, you really have to go through it yourself. You really have to feel like the pain. You have to experience it and you have to figure out how to get yourself out of it in order to serve others. So true. Exactly. And you know, it's the difference between sympathy and empathy. It's the experience. Exactly. Yeah. When you are going through everything, you know, what would you advise someone who is perhaps going through something similar to what you went through? Yeah. I would definitely have them take a look at their diet. You know, I would start them eliminating dairy right off the bat because dairy is one of those things like we're humans. We're not meant to drink something that's, that's for baby cows. 
Like our bodies just don't have the enzymes. It doesn't have the proteins to break down or digest dairy. So it causes a lot of inflammatory problems in most people, which is why when you eat dairy, you feel bloated, gassy. Um, Some people get like phlegm or they just feel more congested. And it's all a result of eating dairy. Sugar's another one. Um, Sugar's in everything. (laughs) So it's really hard to get rid of. But once you get rid of it, like your body stops craving it. Um, And I just... I. Yeah, that's like, those have been the biggest discoveries for me. Um, And when I tell clients like, you know, stop with these, I have them do a food journal for two weeks. I have them write down everything they're eating and the condition of their skin every day to see if they can pinpoint something. If they can't, I'll I'll suggest they see like a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine doctor and see if they can get like a food sensitivity panel run. So that way they can see if they're eating certain foods that are actually triggering. Like, for example, spinach or avocados. Those are histamine-releasing foods. And they can actually cause inflammation in the body and the body purges it and could become like rosacea or acne or even eczema. But we're thinking, oh, well, we're eating healthy. So that's kind of like when when I see that and I'm not able to help someone, then I kind of refer out to really help them. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, it's funny you say that because... Like you said, there's so many foods that we deem as health foods, like avocados and stuff like that, but we don't see like the chemical or the science behind it. Right. So, you know, for people who just go throughout their lives eating whatever, do you have any, you know, specific strategy to implement for them to, I don't know, be more aware of what they're putting into their bodies or any sort of um, process they might have to go through or thought process? I mean, it's all mindset. And I do, you know, I do my best to educate them, but really it's up to them. Like if they want to really clear up their skin, they're going to do whatever it takes. You know, you just, I feel like everybody has to go through that and get to that point where they're like, enough is enough. Something has to change. And I feel like sometimes people meet me when they're at the beginning and they're like, I'm not ready to give this up. And I always tell them, I'm like, I can help you so far. I'm not going to be able to clear up your skin completely. Um, you know, and even like with topical products, like some people just, they're like, I like what I'm using and I'm fine with that. And I'm like, again, you know, a lot of over the counter products, they have like dimethicone and silicone and all these clogging ingredients. They put them in acne products. So even though you think you're going to be clearing up your acne, you're actually making it worse. So again, it's just about educating them and just getting them to understand you know, my knowledge and my education and my background. Um, But again, it's like they have to have the right mindset and they have to decide for themselves if they're going to really be serious or not. Right. So it's that combination of lifestyle choices and habits like exercise and, you know, things like that. So would you recommend, I don't know, what, what is your perspective on things like facials or like other types of treatments? I always recommend facials. Um, I recommend like every four to six weeks, especially if somebody has like a lot of stuff going on with their skin. Um, it's a really, it's a way to deep clean your skin. And from my point of view, like I can look at somebody's skin and I can customize that facial and help their skin within that hour or 90 minutes. And then, you know, if, if I see a certain problem, I can customize their home care. So a lot of times people buy products because they read about it in a magazine or they see a beauty blogger talk about it on her blog or on Instagram. Unfortunately, those girls don't really have any background. They just buy products and they're like, oh my God, I love this product. But the product that that works for them isn't going to work for this person because everybody's skin and everybody's makeup is so different. Mm -hmm. So unless you have somebody really assessing your skin and working on it, and I I honestly... (laughs) 
this sounds so funny. I've been doing this so long that it's like, I can kind of read my client's skin. Like I can, as I'm working on them, I'm kind of coming up with like a plan of action. Like this is what they need to be doing treatment wise. This is what they need to be doing at home. Um, and everything is so different for each client. Like I can have somebody with acne and dry skin and I can create a home care program that targets all of that just because of what I'm seeing when I'm touching their face. So facials are really powerful because um, a really good esthetician can tell what your skin is going to be like as she's working on it and really come Mm -hmm. up with a plan for you um, to help you moving forward. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And like you said, everyone is different. And, you know, you might find yourself having acne and immediately you go refer to Instagram. People say you're oily, but you might actually be dry. You know, you're absolutely right. Society has a lot of different resources, but sometimes, unless if we actually go to pros, we might be misled for sure. So I know that for you, you actually specifically have worked within like plastic surgery before, or at least you have been kind of part of that. How was your experience within that? It's just a different world to me. Um, You know, I just feel like those women, they struggle internally and they feel the need to be beautiful. We are all beautiful inside. It's just sometimes we need somebody to enhance that. Um, and I feel like with the medical world, it's more of like, let's hide, let's get rid of wrinkles. Let's, let's make you look like something you're not. Whereas like the stuff I do holistically, um, you know, I can help somebody by, by putting my hands on somebody, it changes their world. You know, the power of touch is so powerful and so impactful. And especially during these times when we were quarantined and clients started to come back to the treatment room, like they were in tears. They're like, oh my gosh, you have no idea how much I needed to be touched. (laughs) So there is something so special about that. And in the medical field, you just don't have that connection, Um, you know, and it's all about just, you know, how how can I make myself look like something I'm not? How can I get rid of everything because of, you know, social media or all these celebrities who have like flawless skin? Um, I feel like wrinkles are a part of who we are. I mean, I'm 41 years old and I've been using peptides and I do a treatment called microcurrent to help lift and tighten my skin. And they're all natural ways to help the skin, you know, do its job for itself and enhance your beauty. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So did you ever have any customers that, I don't know, may not have agreed with you or have you ever had any like disputes with any customers? And, you know, how were you able to solve any types of conflicts like those? Um, I've been pretty lucky. Like I really haven't had a lot of clients. I mean, I've had some clients that want to come in for the microcurrent and they're like, oh, but I gave in and had Botox. And I'm like, well, I can't work on you because I don't want to mess with the Botox. Usually when they get a Botox injection, it lasts about three months. So I won't touch them with the microcurrent because I don't want to move the Botox into a spot where it can affect muscles in different parts of the face. Because mm-hmm. it does. It's, it's, it uses electromagnetic current. It lifts and tightens. So it's like going to the gym for your face. It's working out your face muscles. Mm-hmm. So if somebody has Botox over it, it can actually prevent the treatment from getting the muscle or it could move it. So I don't want to mm-hmm. – like those kind of clients – I usually just, I'm straight up front. I'm like, I can't work on you till it wears off. Um, I've been pretty lucky. I haven't had anybody push back or, you know, be resistant. But when I wasn't working in the plastic surgeon's office, like clients were upset with me. But again, it was, I wasn't educated. I wasn't asking the right questions. I was peeling and microderming in their face. So it was just too much. Um, So that was, 
it was hard. It's hard to swallow because you want to help people. You know, you, right. you have a gift and you know, you want to make people feel good. And when you don't, you're like, oh, that feels awful. But, um, <laughs> and with that, it was like only time can heat the skin can heal itself after like so many days. So mm. sounds great. Yeah. Yes. Are there any specific types of you know, foods that you would recommend for people who might want to, I know this is kind of broad because it depends on their skin, right? Mm -hmm. But are there any types of food that, you know, generally is universally beneficial to the skin? Yeah. Um, I personally like protein, but I also tell clients like, don't just buy whatever meat, you know, if you're going to eat beef, make sure it's grass fed and grass finished. Because a lot of our regular meats, that's why the meat has become such an issue because they're feeding our animals corn and soy. They're giving it antibiotics. They're giving them all this stuff and it's actually causing harm to humans. So if we're right. eating grass-fed, grass-finished beef, the cows are led, they're in a pasture. They're eating grass, which is what they're meant to eat. They're not getting sick from eating the wrong foods. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to eat beef, you know, eat something that's good for you. And, right. you know, don't sit and eat all meat. You want to balance it out. I eat meat and I eat vegetables. Like, that's pretty much my diet. Um, and I would say leafy green vegetables are good. Salads. I wouldn't recommend salads every day. Some people's guts mm. can't tolerate raw food on a daily basis. Um, peppers. I have to limit that because peppers can be inflammatory. Right. And same thing with avocados. Like, avocados are healthy. But at the same time, they release histamines in the body. So um, I don't recommend people eat them every day. And I I pretty much would call myself a keto person. Um, <laughs> but I don't eat avocados every day. Like I try and eat my protein and I try and mix it up. Like I have salmon, I have chicken, I have pork, I have beef. Like I just try and mix it all up. Um, and I always have like some kind of leafy green vegetable with it. And that's, yeah. that's you know, usually what I recommend. I try and help people stay away from carbs because that can cause sugar. It, it spikes our blood sugar when we eat too many carbs. Mm -hmm. And again, sugar can be very harmful for the gut and for the body. So yeah, fantastic. Mm -hmm. So for you personally, do you have any like stories about, I don't know, you working with clients, maybe in the plastic surgery, like room or medical field or anything, any anecdotes or anything like that? Um, I, I remember when, this is a funny story about myself. I remember when <laughs> Restylane came out, which is one of, they used to have only collagen to inject like this area in the lips. Okay. And then they came out with this new product called Restylane. And I remember the rep came in to teach the doctors all about it and how to use it. Um, and they're like, well, we need people to practice on. And I was like, I was 23 years old. I'm like, I'll be, I'll be your test subject. <laughs> I walked out of there and like, I look like a duck. My lips oh were so puffy. I came home and my, cause I lived at home at the time. My parents were like, what did you do to your face? <laughs> oh my God. And of course it stayed like that for like three months. Holy cow. Cause once you put that stuff in, it doesn't just go away. Oh so, my God. Um, that was kind of funny. I was like, well, I'll be a test subject. And, you know, I was young. And they just said okay to it? Like there wasn't any testing or anything? Well, because they were teaching the doctors, they were training it because the oh. technique was different than putting like regular collagen in. So they're like, oh, we'll just, you know, just make her, she's young. So let's make her look real plump. And <laughs> oh my God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely kind of crazy. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> what, okay, so I suppose, you know, given so many changes that you've had within your career, and you know, you never know, but in the future, perhaps you'll change again, you never know. Right. Yeah. But for someone who is going through something similar, where they are interested in the medical field, or maybe towards the beauty industries, with like some healthcare aspects within that, mm -hmm. what would you advise for them when they're going through similar challenges, or, you know, similar transitions? I would say just try it. Try anything you can. Because I feel like even though the medical field wasn't for me, I learned so much. And no matter what you do in life, you're always going to learn. And you may learn like this is the path that I want to go on and this is what I want to keep doing. And then you just get inspired to learn more. Or like me, I was like, this isn't for me. So I want to learn a different way. And so I went and I tried something else and I got I kept trying until, you know, I found what worked. So I think in this industry, um, I mean, there's estheticians that literally just do eyebrows or Brazilian waxing, or, you know, they just focus on body treatments. There's so many different things that you can do in this, in, in the umbrella of aesthetics. So I just think you should try anything and try what works for you. Like I realized over the years, I hate waxing people, but I still do it. I just, I don't love it. It's just not what I want to be doing all day, every day. So I just, you know, just be consistent, keep trying stuff and then just educate yourself as best as you can. Cause there's so much information and so many courses and classes and mentors out there now. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, given the circumstances that I know you're a busy gal, you run many things. Do you have any tips for anyone on, you know, like time management or, you know, because I'm sure that for some people, they have to work multiple jobs for them to change careers, for example. So do you have any advice for them on how they could manage the time that they have? Yeah. I mean, I am one to get up at six in the morning and I work for a couple hours. I'm a single mom. I've got three kids. So it's like I get up early. I work for two, three hours. So then I have the day to spend with them. And then same thing when I'm in my treatment room, I'm with clients all day. I'm not like on social media. I'm not checking my phone. I'm not, I don't have my computer with me. So, um, and then at the end of the day, when they go to bed, that's when I'll double check emails and kind of go back through and, you know, follow up and do some like, like tie up the loose ends at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like, you know, when you're a busy person, those few hours, you end up maximizing your time because that's all right. you have. And you're like, all right, I got to get this done and it's got to get done today. So you actually, I feel like when you're busier, you make time. So, so that way everything gets done when you have more free time. And I feel like some days when I have more free time, I get less done because yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then you never get to it. So, <laughs> right. so I would yeah. just say like schedule out like a two hour window every day and just mm -hmm. do what you can in that window. Yeah, for sure. I think that's so great to have that aspect of fulfilling your career as well as yourself and you know I know you might not be the best talking about mental health for yourself but hey I feel like you know recognizing that you need that break is one of the first steps to getting there right yeah so yeah thank you so much Samantha now how can our audience get in touch with you so you can find me I'm on Facebook and Instagram at skin deep il the IL is for Illinois. Um, and my website is skindeepil.com. 
Perfect. Thank you so much, Samantha. I really appreciate you know you coming here and sharing your story. There are so many people who are struggling with their skin, and they don't realize it's a holistic lifestyle problem instead of just a skincare problem. Yeah. So thank you so much for you know letting that have the moment it deserved to have. And thank you so much for joining and sharing your opinion and perspective to the community. Thank you. Thank you, Joy. I really appreciate it. Considering that beauty is skin deep, how deeply do you care about your skin? By having a healthy lifestyle, you're not only able to choose a bright demeanor, but also feel as optimally yourself as possible. Next week, we'll have Chris Gordon share his experience about having flesh-eating bacteria disease. Follow us at withjoy underscore podcast on Instagram and withjoypodcast on Facebook. All episodes are released every Wednesday and our YouTube segments are released every Friday. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you all next week.